What's up, folks? It has been a second back from my, what is it, four, five, six months of hiatus for playing way too much music or playing shitty music or whatever music on my podcast. And obviously, I didn't learn a lesson because of the intro and the transitions on this podcast. But this is just going to be a douchey uh, brag, uh, brag fest about my uh, hell of a good poker run. Uh, so here we go. That's all we're doing today. And I'm back, so yay for me. poker adventure in San Diego has been fantastic uh, so far. I've only played three events, uh, two cash games, and this $185 buy-in tournament at Jamul Casino, which I finished uh, tied for first. So we did the money chop. Uh, so I was second in the money, and I finished third in the points out of 290-plus players uh, in the tournament. I also played two cash games uh, over at uh, another spot, and... Uh, did did quite well. Uh, my kings cracked aces for about well over a thou, and that's the money I was using to play these three tournaments. So I played the one that I finished second in uh, yesterday. I'm playing another one today, and then I'm playing the main uh, for uh, the finale uh, starting Saturday. So I say all that to say this: it's been it's been great getting back into it. I've always uh, liked my tournament play better than my cash play. I've been playing for quite a long time. If you're a listener of this podcast, you already know that, uh, that I really enjoy playing poker, playing tournaments, uh, really successful in uh, Germany, uh, winning a lot, uh, eight out of like 11 or eight out of 13 tournaments that I played uh, there, and then uh, uh, two big caches in Maryland, and then a big cash here, which was my biggest uh, to date, uh, which was great. Uh, it was a two-day tournament. Uh, it was my first time making uh, the second day, uh, and it was uh, it was interesting, man. I played uh, tight is right. Um, I guess I'll go into how do I prepared uh, for it or whatever the case is. But the, the preparation's been going on for – I told you this podcast is going to be douchey. The preparation's been going on for years, man, years and years and years. Uh, reading books, playing games, losing my ass at cash um, just, to, just to run through this uh, uh, tournament. Uh, I played extremely tight, uh, so tight to an extent to where I folded – uh, pocket tens on the button to somebody's open for about 18. I think the blinds were uh, 400, uh, 200, and that uh, that individual made it 18 to go, and I just made the decision to not uh, play a hand. Oh, the uh, person in seat nine looked pretty pro- like he knew what he was doing. 
uh, everything was going like just kind of, yeah, there's not somebody I wanted to tango with, just avoided him, uh, picked off easier people, uh, to assemble a chip stack of, a, about, um, 37 K before the first break. I worked that, uh, 37 K up to, uh, 90 K, um, by contradicting what I'm telling you earlier by picking on, uh, the guy in seat nine, but, uh, he had, he was essentially going, it seemed like he was doing, uh, a tilt-a-rama, um, so he, uh, he made it, we'll just say 18 to go, I three-bet him to, uh, 5,000, he called, I had pocket jacks, flop was, uh, unders to the jacks, so he checked to me, I put him all in, and he, uh, shrugged his shoulders and got exasperated and, uh, missed it, so that's kind of what I was doing, I was playing extremely tight, um, and just, trying to trap people as best I could, uh, playing the looser players, uh, with my tight holdings and just being extremely aggressive. Every time I entered a pot on day one, uh, with the exception of maybe two or three, uh, I was playing, attempting to play for their entire stack. Uh, that's kind of how you get to do it in tournaments, uh, to stay, uh, ahead of the blinds when they're raising up and stay in the 40 to 100 big blind level, but eventually you're going to go down to 40 to 20 and there's n- nothing you can do about it and that kind of changes your strategy. So it's good to have a tight image. So when you need to pull off uh, plays later in the day, you can, um, and I'll get more on that later. Um, so worked, uh, after the first break, I was uh, a starting stack of 15K, worked it up to 37K. Uh, at the second break, I worked it up to uh, 90K. Um, and then, uh, we were going into the final, uh, break and I got cut in half by a, uh, a hand that I do not recall at this moment, um, down to about 49 or 47 K. Um, I think it was ace king versus ace queen. I had, I had the ace queen, uh, uh, I was in the button, uh, under the gun had opened, uh, folded to me in the button. I three bet. He jammed. Um, and I, what I did not do, the mistake I made in that hand is I did not ask for a count. Um, I don't know if I'm going to fold ace queen there, but I didn't ask for a count. I thought he maybe had like 15k, 16k. He actually had about 30k. Um, so my 90k got got mowed down to uh, about 40, uh, middle middle 40k, 40 40 something k. Uh, a few hands later, I get dealt uh, pocket fives, uh, and the most aggressive individual at the table, uh, opens, um, I flat him with fives, praying for a miracle, uh, in middle position, it folds around, and then, and it may, it may have been, I don't think it was that way, it may have been that I opened with my fives, uh, trying to recover some of those chips that I'd lost, and then the aggressive player called me, uh, but let's just say I was in position, so that means he had to have opened, and I called him, who knows, Neither here nor there. So I've got pocket fives. Um, they're both red. Uh, the flop is king, four, deuce, all hearts. Um, so the aggressive player checks to me. That should have been red flag number one. Um, but I look at my fives, uh, and I bet uh, about quarter to 40% of the pot. Uh, I think I bet 7K. Uh, so I bet 7,000. He, he comes over the top, makes it 17. So the check should have been a red flag, but it wasn't like, ah, oh, fuck him. And I'll make this exact same play later um, in the tournament. But he couldn't be playing at me. He could not be playing at me. Uh, I look at my cards again. I have outs or I have equity. Uh, 
I have two fives. Uh, I potentially have any heart, um, so I'm bluffing without. Uh, so I jam over the top uh, for 40 some odd K. He mulls it over, he hums and whatever, and blahs, blah, blahs, blah, blahs. And then he calls with king nine uh, offsuit. Uh, so, like I said, he was loose. Uh, turn is the jack of hearts, giving me the flush. And then that was that. I double back up to, I think I, that got me up to like 120 um, or one, one, uh, 110, something like that. And that's how I finished the day. Uh, you know, a couple, couple blind steals here and there. Uh, finished day one at 108,000. Uh, uh, basically, that was the only hairy hand that I got, got into. Ace, queen, misplaying that hand, and then um, uh, getting lucky with the fives. Other than that, played extremely solid. Uh, didn't have to make many moves, and then made it to day two. And it was, of the 181 that I played with, or the 150-some-odd that played on day one, I was one of 31 people to advance uh, there, and I was a middling uh, chip stack. They had a, a second flight uh, later on in the day, and apparently uh, 100 and some odd people played in that one too, but only 18 people advanced uh, in that hand, or in, in that uh, event. So only 48 made it to day two, and my chip stack, as, as sad as I thought I was with 40K, um, when I got up to 110K or 108K, I was 16 of 48 walking into day two. We interrupt this podcast to bring you this important commercial break. Have you ever wondered what it's going to be like under the jackbooted thug communists that currently rule our country? Well, look no further than the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. It's 2,100 pages of rip-roaring fun about communism from the 1910s to 1950s. If you don't want to look no further than all the fun you can look forward to, then flip through 2,100 pages of Alexander Solzhenitsyn's The Gulag Archipelago. Available at all Wallbugs. Do you like water? Who doesn't? Try Nestle's Pure Life. Purified water, enhanced with minerals for taste. 16.9 fluid ounces or 500 milliliters, if you're from Europe, for all your drinking needs. It's purified water with less than 0.5% magnesium sulfate, calcium chloride, sodium bicarbonate. From the deep wells of Southern Bernardino, California County. Warning, cap is a small part and poses a choking hazard risk, particularly for small children. Okay, back to it. Before you ask, no, those are not real commercials and no i'm not getting paid for anything so i didn't sell out go fuck yourself uh day two like i said starting um 90 or sorry uh, 16 to 48 with 108 k in chips um uh, it was day two um bagging chips was nice and interesting uh but the craziest thing that happened was that we were it was like 15 hands it was it was real quick before we got down to 37 i was amazed at how fast that uh, we got to the bubble uh, for the money at 37 it was uh it was shockingly quick but uh, we made it to the made it to the money and then i, I mean just moving right along I, nothing no really no stories to tell or anything like that um yeah crazy i i, uh, I was at 108k made it to 119k and uh 11 people got eliminated uh just like that uh it got uh uh, busted down to 28 or four ta- or three tables, but then I got lucky with, uh, uh, I was pretty quiet throughout the day, um, uh, and then I got dealt ace-king uh, in a late position. I think under the gun opened, and this was about a fifth or sixth hand that he had played. Um, folds around to me, I look at ace-king, uh, I three-bet, uh, about 40% of my stack, uh, 
uh, blinds fold. He jams, I call. Like, I'm not folding there. He had pocket kings. I had ace-king, uh, ace in the window, and I end up doubling up to 209. You have to get lucky in these tournaments, as you're going to find out uh, uh, through the rest of this podcast. Uh, you also have to play well. You also have to bluff. Uh, so part of, the, part of the strategy that I like to employ is creating an extremely tight image, uh, but also uh, it serves a dual purpose of lessening the amount of times that you're going to be in this situation. But if you're in a tournament and it's late, and you get dealt ace-king, and you have 20, 25 big blinds, it's kind of the end of your tournament. I mean, there's not really much you're going to do. There are better poker players that can get away from that hand uh, later on, but when undergun, under the gun pops it and it falls to you in the button or uh, in the cutoff uh, or, or the hijack or whatever position it is, and you get dealt ace-king, if you're folding there, then that's, that's way too tight, uh, even though I did fold tens in the button early in the tournament uh, to an open. Uh, yeah, I just didn't... Uh, just didn't do it. So uh, after that, uh, I was at 200K or 209K. We got down to three tables. Um, and then um, I got ace-king again. Um, so I made it 20 to go. And then the guy to the left of me jammed for 118, um, folds around to me, and I snap him off. Um, he had ace-queen. I had ace-king. And that got me to uh, 317K with two tables uh, remaining. Um and then I got in- involved in a hand with the guy that I uh, beat uh, on day one with my pocket fives. Um, he made it 30K to go. Uh, I was in the button with ace-queen offsuit, and instead of uh, three-betting there, I flatted him, uh, praying for... So that my uh, my intent with starting the hand was to trap. So if an ace or a queen uh, hits, I'm probably good um, there. Like, he could wake up with kings or something like that, but that was my intention. The flop was king, xx. Um, he continues, I fold. Uh, so I missed with ace-queen there uh, with 17 left uh, in the tournament. Uh, bust down to 12. Um, I'm fold, fold, fold. Um, and this is probably the hand that kept me in the tournament, um, along with the ace-king and the uh, whatever of the many hands. But this was uh, extremely important. Uh, pocket threes in the button. Um... I essentially 2.2 or 2.5 exit, um, which uh, I think I made it 50 to go because uh, the blinds were 20, uh, 20 big blind ante, 20K big blind, 10K small blind. So I made it uh, 50 to go, uh, small blind folds, big blind calls, um, flop is over, 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 but there's an ace on the board. So he checks, I bet, uh, he calls. Um, so I bet about, uh, a third of my stack. Um, so he checks again, I bet, and he calls. And I have about 80K left, um, or 87K left, uh, with my bet. I think I bet 55 on the turn. So my, 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 I think my continuation bet was probably 50, 55, uh, on the, uh, turn, leaving about 87 left on the river. Uh, so he checks again. Uh, the river is a, a blank card. There's an ace on the flop. I have pocket threes. Uh, everything is above me. Um, and I jam uh, for 87K. And he mulls it over and he ho-hums and he does this, that, and the other. And apparently he had... Uh, the turn gave him a double draw. Um, he said he had a pair of sevens or eights. But I don't know. Like, couldn't tell you. He probably just had uh, jack ten or, or something like that. Um, he probably missed everything and was 
he probably could not call, but he claimed that he had a pair of sevens or a pair of eights uh, uh, there. So uh, my threes got through. I think they were not uh, not good there, but I mean it worked. So I'll call this a bluff, uh, which I felt that it was. But it got me up to uh, four hundred or five hundred k getting there. But that thirty big blinds. But that was the one big bluff that I had pulled off. So uh, you have to get lucky. You have to pull off a big bluff in a tournament to advance, and that was the the big one uh, that I did. Not to say that I hadn't tried earlier, right, with the pocket fives. That's, that is essentially a bluff, uh, being extremely uh, aggro uh, with a small pocket pair. Uh, and then, um, what did I have? So I bluffed those with the threes. Uh, my, my blinds get whittled down to 30 big blinds. Um, we're at 10 people left playing uh, at five people each table. So the blinds are coming on, coming around quickly. So I'm getting whittled down because then that's my knit image. And then, again, uh, in the button, I get dealt 8-7 of diamonds. So in an attempt to steal the blinds, uh, I, you know, two and a half exit uh, on the race. Uh, big blind, same guy bluffed with the pocket threes, uh, calls. And the flop is jack-7 x like a uh, card lower than the board uh he checks to me i bet uh i think 70k um he comes over the top for 170 and then i jam on him or i think i bet like 30k he comes over the top for 70 and i jam on him and he mulls any homes any homes and blah blah this that and the other and he makes a good call and he has queen jack offsuit so i'm packing my shit up getting ready to go and uh seven on the turn Rivers and X, and so my my uh, set of sevens beats his queen jack, and he would not let me hear the end of it. Like he was nice about it, but he was just continuing on and on and on about what I was doing and this, that, and the other. And I didn't comment on the uh, on the play at all. Uh, yeah, whatever. But just like I said, it, I'm seeing a recurring theme here with the pocket threes, the pocket fives, and the eight seven of diamonds. It's just come over the top and try to get them off a middling hand, which did not work, did work, and did not work. So it worked once out of three times. So you only have to be successful one out of three times to make it a profitable play, right? Check my math. But it worked all three times because uh, I hit my heart, I hit my seven, and then uh, bluffed him off the uh, threes or, or the eight seven. So at least that's what he claimed. So uh, did knock him out, but we were still 10-handed. Uh, made it to the final table about 500K. Which I was one of them, like I was like six out of nine or six out of ten uh, on the stacks, pretty average. Um, the guy that I beat with the pocket fives was finished in ninth place. He punted basically his stack, uh, and he was like one or two in chips. He punted his stack with two hands, uh, being way too uh, way too loose. Uh, the blinds had gotten me in the second second break of day two. I was at four hundred forty uh, k. Um, and then the, what happened? So I got chopped down to 175K. I think I had, yeah, I had Ace Jack and the guy had, what the hell did he have? He either had a straight or something. Um, but no, my Ace Jack got chopped down. Um, I had to steal the blinds, or now I'm now I'm playing basically fitter fold and jam poker. Um, another guy got eliminated. He was pretty pretty heavily uh, in there. 
so a, a jam up to like I'm basically it folds to me. I look if I see an ace or a king or I see two two face cards or if I see anything of importance, I'm going all in. That worked uh, to an extent where it was like three times in a row, and this was twenty thirty percent of my chip stack. And I did that for about forty uh, percent of the time I was on the table, just trying to survive as a uh, small stack. Um, uh, seven left at the table. Uh, somebody committed. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a chick that, uh, no, they, she finished fifth or sixth, but somebody was number two uh, in chip stacks, and they tried to tangle with uh, the number one chip leader <laughs> on the table. And that's uh, what it's called, quote-unquote, I, I see them suicide. So if you can avoid it, and you're number one or number two in chips, you try not to, you, you try not to just be the bigger bigger man and let, like, let it slide and let the small stacks battle it out. Uh, to eliminate each other so you can work your way up the pay ladder. Uh, this individual did not do that. They were number number one or number two in chips, uh, and they got eliminated. Um, and then now there's we're playing six-handed. Uh, uh, I think the girl that was doing that, is like another critical mistake, pretty much everybody was there with high chip stacks, was playing way too loose and uh, uh, getting eliminated, but we got down to five. Uh, the blinds were like 25, 50 with a 50K big blind Annie and I only have like 300k in chips and I'm still surviving by jamming uh getting the blinds to fold uh or getting everybody to fold um I get dealt uh, uh the, the chip leader of the tournament is on my right and the eventual r winner of the ring is on my right um he uh raised I jammed over him with pocket eights he called with one of the worst hands to call an all-in with was which is ace deuce because any ace you're out kicked and you're probably you're you're at best running racing 60 40 uh with like king queen or king jack um any ace has you out kicked uh in any pocket pair you're a 30 70 dog so i don't like calling all ends with uh ace you know ace two ace three ace four shit like that he had a two offsuit, uh, my eights stand up, and I'm up to 800K plus, which is which is awesome. Um, I hold that 800K, um, making some plays, doing some fun stuff, uh, getting up to uh, 1.3, and then I get dealt ace-jack. Um, it's with the guy, I, I think I'm up like 1.3 million, 1.4 million. Um, the guy to the right of me is no longer the chip leader. He's like 1.1 million, uh, but he goes, he has pocket nines, um, and we meet each other at the... At the forefront, and the flop is Jack Nine XXX. So he doubles through me. I'm back down to three, three hundred, four hundred k, and I'm like pushing and pushing and pushing and going all in and stealing blinds and playing small blind or, or small stack poker, uh, and I survive to three, and I get my stack all the way up to one point uh, two million. When we get to three, uh, when we get to three people, uh, the one guy, the guy that finished third, did not want to do an ICM chop uh at all so he's the one that kept us going and then when we got to four we played four for about 40 minutes which is pretty long and then the uh when we eliminated him he was a great player by the way um and then the small sp stack wanted to do a chop so we did the money chop and it was down to uh, uh so, I, so i was second in chips so i got uh uh you know, we all got third place money, but then we got a percentage based on our chip stack of uh, what was remaining. So then, then we they allowed us to play for points and uh, the ring. So 
me being a dummy and just basically saying all oh, the money's done with so uh, I can just do whatever I want to now basically forgot all the uh, lessons that I had talked to and got involved with a hand with the uh, the big guy at the table or the chip leader at the table I was probably at 1.2 1.4 million he was probably at like 1.8 or, or 2.2 something like that and then the other the other chip stack was much smaller like maybe 600k uh, something to that effect and I was playing uh, I was doing better than they were. I, I'd stole probably uh, plenty of blinds. But he raises to 200K, and I call with 5-4 of clubs. I, you can just drop that there. The blinds are uh, 80K, 40K uh, with an 80 uh, big blind ante. But I had I had won the last three or four hands, so there's no uh, discretion is a better part of valor in this hand. But I ended up calling. Flop was uh, queen-jack-5. Uh, he continues for 20, or, yeah, 200. I call turn is a five money card for me so i think i'm taking you know i'm dancing and three high, three stacks of high society and blah 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 and all that other shit and then uh he bets 200 i call trapping and the river's a nine innocuous uh don't see it doesn't matter whatever the case is he bets 600k i jam over the top he calls and he has pocket nines so he rivers a he rivered a boat uh and beat my trips and eliminated me uh third in the points but second in the money um, so the lesson learned here was, uh, you need to just keep playing and cause it would have been cool to, you know, get my photo in the, the magazine, get the ring and, uh, you know, have that as a keepsake and a memento for what I thought was a fucking fantastic, uh, performance by me patting myself on the back when it comes to, uh, how to play tournament poker, small stack. Yes, I made some mistakes. Um, yes, I got lucky. But uh, I, I attempted to minimize my mistakes. You have to get lucky to advance to the final table. It like everybody has to have cards go their way, um, and it cards did go my way in like five or six instances. I try to limit that to less than that, like two or three times. Um, I think that's a good uh, having a good tournament is like lowering the chances. But there's no um, if the cards don't fall your way, you're not going to make it to the final table. Doesn't matter how well you play. Um, so you but you. You definitely want to be, it's better to be lucky than good, but it's good to be good as well as lucky. Um, that being said, uh, I like fasting before I play tournaments. Um, it keeps me sharp and angry and on edge and paying attention. And uh, I used to listen to music. I don't do that anymore. Uh, got my ears on the table and everything, and I'm just kind of bebopping around and, and doing all that fun stuff. So um, I wish I took better notes, uh, but it was a fun experience. I enjoyed it. It was my biggest cash um, in a tournament, uh, and I really enjoy playing tournaments. I think, uh, I could do well playing. I don't know, like what a douche statement that is, but I'm headed to play two more. So I will update you, uh, or provide updates, uh, as they occur, but yeah, enjoy. Hope you have a great day. I will let you know how the PLO and the main goes. Uh, that's the podcast. Uh, have a good one. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down. When you're strange, faces come out of the rain. When you're strange, no one remembers your name. When you're strange. When you're strange, when you're strange, people are strange when you're
Strange, when you're strange, when you're strange. 